soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines, this morning at 0300, we launched Operation Desert Storm. Now, you must be the thunder and lightning of Desert Storm. Welcome to Thunder and Lightning, Operation Desert Storm. That is Mariah Carey, again, the Artist of the Year in 1990. Speaking of October 1990, I am back on campus at San Antonio College and every, you know, group debate and every, you know, student justice forum or whatever, we're talking about the buildup of American and allied troops in a place that most people had never heard of, Kuwait and Saudi Arabia and Iraq. Last episode on the Vietnam effect part one, we talked about the political dynamic of Vietnam. Everyone said, well, it's not gonna be another Vietnam. Well, for my part, it was never going to be another Vietnam. First of all, the desert battlefield has nothing in common with the jungle battlefield of Vietnam, but more importantly, in 1990, the American military industrial complex had figured out how to drop bombs and have those bombs hit exactly where they're supposed to hit. GPS and the laser-guided munitions and paveways, that was going to have a tremendous impact on the battlefield, but nobody really knew that outside the military community in 1990. The American military was still seen, like we talked about in the Vietnam Effect Part 1, as this military that had not really won a war since World War II. However, in 1990, not only had the Americans figured out how to see at night, how to, you know, put the bombs on target where they're supposed to be, they had figured out how to build and deploy a fighter bomber that could, could carry 4,000 pounds of ordnance and be invisible to radar, the F-117 stealth fighter bomber. Everything, everything was leading anybody that was even mildly acquainted with the American military capabilities in 1990 to conclude that this is not going to be a complicated or costly war. But because people were still uh, not governed, but, but beholden to the information sources that are available to every middle-class American in 1990, a newspaper subscription, a, you know, a cable package with the local channels and PBS. People just didn't know. In October of 1990, two very significant things happened that I will always remember when it comes to thinking about the war, Operation Desert Shield and Operation, Operation Desert Storm. The first was that in October, in that time period, in 1990, on PBS, they ran that week-long series called The Civil War. 
I loved it as a as an American history major. I there you had not seen anything like this, and it really got me connected with you know America has been at war before. This is not new. The fact that we're sending soldiers and sailors and airmen and marines to different parts of the world. We did that back in the 1860s. So I loved it. I loved the Civil War, the Ken Burns special. That was the first thing. The second thing that I remember happening in October of 1990, it was on a weekend night. It was like Saturday night. It was late. My phone rings. In those days, we did not have cell phones. If you were away from your home, you had to use a payphone if you wanted to call somebody. If you were at home on your random Saturday or weekend night in October of 1990, you had a home number. And you would put that home number on every job application and on your you know, student uh, application where you were going to school at San Antonio College. And that's how somebody got a hold of me. And I asked the phone. And it is a, a lady saying, uh, my name is so-and-so, uh, you are a student at San Antonio College? I'm like, yes, ma'am, I am. Well, your freshman composition teacher, Professor so-and-so, has been committed to a inpatient psychiatric facility. She's very concerned about the war, and, and she's having a nervous breakdown. I'm like, there is no war. There's no war. It's, I don't. I don't know if there's going to be a war. I didn't know what to say. I I did not consider my professor's friends. I'd never spoken to that professor outside of class. But I thought, why? Why are people so fragile? There is no war in October of 1990. There is stuff that makes for good CNN coverage. There is stuff that makes it interesting to watch, you know, what's happening on television. But there's no war. The Vietnam effect was that for the first time in American history, the country that put a man on the moon could put a 1,000-pound bomb through a window and no other country on earth could do that. I knew we were going to win Desert Storm before it was called Desert Storm. It is true that I grew up in the shadow of Vietnam, but I also grew up in the shadow of Fort Sam Houston and Randolph Air Force Base. And I knew that the smartest people in my you know, limited circle of family and friends at church, at school. You know, this is not just pre-social media. This is pre-computer. You know, you, you stayed connected to people with, you know, letters and envelopes and first-class stamps and long-distance telephone calls. In 1990, that world still exists. But what has changed? The Vietnam effect. The technology of America, the, the one thing the Russians never had was Silicon Valley. Americans had imagined how to use technology for how to get television shows and sporting events you wanted to see and also how to take those technological advances and apply them in a military sense. Um, the Vietnam Effect Part 2 is America was so far ahead – 
of all of their rivals that, you know, even the Russians, even if the Russians sent every weapon they had to the Iraqis, it wasn't going to be enough. We were, we were headed towards such a certain victory that I, I thought it would all get called off before it got that far, and it didn't. So we'll keep talking about it on the Thunder and Lightning podcast, Operation Desert Storm. My name is Jason Dyes, and until next we speak, we'll talk to you all very soon. Could it be that I-